them all. It yes. It's it's a special Monday. It's this is what happens when your partner is into sports. So we wear sports jerseys anyway. It's Monday, generational change. I'm Jen. I'm Peter, and both the Giants and the Dolphins won. That's really good. Yeah, this was why he, he how often allowed is that, me to how not often wear is my that gonna happen? uniform. Normally, I have to wear my uniform. Well, you're rocking the old school. Yeah, this is my Dan jersey. Dan Marino. Yeah. <laughs> this this was from his second season. This was from back in the day. You got that from 1980. Five? Yeah, because really? I worked at Lombard Sporting Goods, and I got uh, this, and it was one of the first ones that came out. Oh, that's old school. Like it's oh old, yeah, it really is. I, I didn't even realize it was that old. It's okay. old school, and it does. Say no, Marino. it doesn't. It doesn't, it say doesn't have on, the back. on it. Nope. Very interesting. The thin ones did. Yeah. So anyway. we are just waiting for our guests to arrive, and probably should uh, do a quick follow-up to make sure everybody knows. But obviously we wanted to have a conversation regarding uh, what I perceived and Jen perceived to be a very important topic, which of course is how are we going to transition to a clean energy grid? And there are many debating uh, interests regarding how we get there, if we're going to get off of coal and natural gas. And as it stands right now, we're nowhere near where we need to be. And I don't want to hear nothing about what China and India are doing, because I don't give a damn about them. I give a damn about this country, because we will lead the world and they will follow. Am I wrong? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I agree. I mean, there's definitely a big stigma about the idea of using nuclear. There's a lot of people that are very positioned on nuclear. I tend to be very open-minded about it and want to look at the science and make sure that we're not just being acting out of fear, but we're acting out of reason. And I Mm -hmm. think that a lot of the talk about nuclear is more fear-based. And I'm just, I'm willing to listen to it because the reality is that we're going to be underwater people. We're running out of time. So the idea of being able to completely transition to renewables and be able to maintain our civilization as it is right now just seems very unlikely to me. And and so the idea that nuclear needs to be somehow involved in that transition makes sense. But I'm pretty open to like I just, you know, I'm open to science. Yeah, I think we all need to be open to science. And what we should be very open to regarding science is the fact that our current system, as it is constructed, uh, it's not good. Like, it's really, really bad. You know, we have to be very, very realistic about, you know, just how bad these things are, because they're bad. And, you know, to me, regarding... um, you know, coal and natural gas. And of course, when we're talking about hydraulic fracturing, fracking, which is the biggest problem that we have regarding the environment, we have to be very realistic uh, about where we're at. And so, you know, we can't just arbitrarily say, all right, so we're just going to cut our cut off our nose to spite our face. There have been problems, of course. Uh, you know, when we bring Michael into the studio, uh, he is in California, so he can obviously speak to that, um, you know, because there is sort of this energy crisis issue that's happening in California as we speak. As it stands right now, uh, Governor Newsom is basically trying to regulate uh, how much energy consumption one can have. And, and I think this relates to uh, how you can charge your car. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a big deal. Um, it really is. Just people are so scared of the concept of nuclear that they just it's it's really it's like this non-starter for so many people. It's well, very unfortunate. Well, the technology has evolved. There's yeah, no there's a lot of countries that, that use it very well. 
Um, and I, it's just, it, nobody really, um, talks about it with a sense of like reason. I just find people very irrational about it. Yeah. So we're just waiting for Ryan. Um, so let's, uh, you know, we'll hang for a minute and hopefully he catches our message. So guys, if you're, if you're local, we're going to be having a meet and greet on Saturday for, um, mayoral candidate, Nick Sortle. Yeah, go ahead. We'll change. Might as well while we're All right. That's fine. We have to do this uh, little plug real quick. So guys, if you're, if you're local, if you're in plantation, come over and meet Nick on Saturday from one to three at the Jacaranda Italian restaurant. Uh, you know, this is an important local election and we, we say it all the time. The local elections really matter. And this is a nonpartisan race. So it's something that you know, we don't have to have your little tribalism and everybody can come and we can um, kind of come up with a plan to oust the current mayor, who I think is um, less than ideal. Let's just say that I'm going to be very generous. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, definitely a, a boner, I guess you could say, you know. Yeah. This is the person who, when our volunteers showed up at a city commission meeting in Plantation, the mayor actually told them that they weren't allowed to wear my campaign shirts into the city commission meeting, which is, of course, ridiculous. It it wasn't an electioneering polling location. It was just city commission meeting. And um, I just always, like, in my mind, I think, that's a little fascist right there. So that's not the kind of people. And now I live in Plantation. So now this actually really matters to me. Yeah, there's no question that this is going to be yeah. a really big fight um, because I think, you know, just in the experience that we've had over the past several months, I think you can get the sense that there is sort of a there is sort of a feeling in the air that there's people who have a desire to have a changing of the guard or at least in terms of just, you know, business as usual, which is not something that people want anymore. So yeah. I, I definitely think in. You and we're, we've seen a couple of establishment people basically um, see the backhand of the establishment, basically. <laughs> that's, that's sort of the problem is that people that were in that are now out, they, they now recognize that maybe that's not such a good system. And so our coalition of outs is growing significantly. I feel like the ins are just constantly alienating more and more people. Yeah, it's only as good, you're only as good as uh, your <laughs> as your usefulness, if you will as it is perceived by the establishment. I mean, that to me is really, that's everything. I did get my text from the, um, the state party wanting me to sign up for calling or canvassing or something. Oh, well, are you going to do that? No, oh, I'm going to pass on that. Um, not- I, the only, the only party candidate that I am pushing mansion and parliamentarian for 24. Okay, guys, that's the only position I'm taking on that for the, for them, this is I, I am supporting Manchin, the parliamentarian for 24. It's never too early to get right on that. These are the yes. two most powerful people in the party. Therefore, that is who we should be supporting for president. Well, I'm not going to keep Michael waiting for too long. Uh, hopefully, Ryan does respond. Um, I hope so. so, since we're so early. Yeah, well, you know, we said we were, well, we adjusted it for uh, I Ryan, know. So, you know, hopefully... Hopefully he's not eating dinner right now, but no, I definitely sent him the goods and, you know, he made sure to confirm and, you know, what are you going to do? Right, I mean, I guess I could, I could send him another email. No, you can't do anything. That's what happens sometimes. Yes. Well, if something came up, I would like to think that he would 
say something, but you, know, uh, you never you know. know what things happen. So you're introduced what this, the situation was that led to you deciding that we needed to discuss this again. Well, unfortunately we all know too often that on social media, a lot of times people will get into these conversations or arguments, if you will, uh, that are, let's just say contentious. Uh, and so Michael has been very much uh, as a, a forefront advocate regarding nuclear in California, as probably anybody has been. Um, he understands the circumstances regarding the environmental catastrophes that are happening everywhere. But there's also something to be said for where we stand currently regarding the ability to just transition to a clean energy grid. We are nowhere near where we would need to be in order to do that and just cut off fossil fuels. However, there are people who are in California who are very adverse to the idea that we could potentially have uh, nuclear. And that, to me, I think speaks to, on the one hand, the concerns that do exist for nuclear, but also, on the other hand, the naivety to not even acknowledge uh, the realities of where we do currently stand from an energy perspective. Because right now, people in California are getting absolutely thwarted uh, you know, regarding the costs and the ability to, you know, just simply just to, to simply be able to travel and do the things that they need to do. So I think at, at this moment in time, you know, look, uh, hopefully Ryan will show up, but I think it would um, it would only serve us well to bring on Michael again so we can continue this conversation. Because, again, I think it's extremely important. And I think anyone who is think, you know, again, it's like people in politics who think, oh, you can't talk to people on the other side. Or you can't talk to somebody who does this. Why don't you cut off both legs while you're at it? We're all going to be underwater together. We're going to literally be sitting <laughs> underwater and people are going to be arguing Honestly, about who can talk to who. There are going to be two types Joe. of people, people that are and are not scuba certified. That's all I'm saying. Like I, where this is, we have to stop fighting. He is a former gubernatorial candidate as an independent in California. And he is somebody who is a very strong advocate for nuclear power and is also an advocate for transitioning away from fossil fuels. So let's not confuse our, ourselves in terms of whether or not he is doing that or not. He's certainly is. Michael Schellenberger, welcome back to Generational Change. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, absolutely. Absolutely. How's everything on your end? It's going great. How are you guys doing? Doing well. You know, obviously, we're hoping that Ryan will show up. Um, we're just waiting. Uh, very, very interesting. Uh, so now he's... <laughs> I literally just got a message from him. Um, let me... Let me answer him real quick because he's saying he could come on in, in 45 minutes. No, we're, we're no, going to have uh, this conversation no. right we now. We are, but, you know, I think it's important. No, it's important that Ryan is here. Yeah, I, I think okay. I wasn't privy to this little online intera interaction, Michael. I don't, I don't. I'm also happy to come back in 45 minutes if that's what, I mean, I, I can do it in 45 yeah. minutes. Yeah, I, actually, there are a number of things that we can talk about in the interim. So I'm going to confirm with him right now. And let me just make sure. But I, I think even before you go, while you're here, I think it is important just to clear up because there is this perception that has basically been put out there about you that because you embrace nuclear energy, that you somehow are against clean energy. Like th that is a myth that I think is very important to dispel. You've been on our podcast before. You've put yourself out there many a times regarding what we need to do in order to transition properly. And you believe nuclear is part of that, but you're not adverse to using things like solar, wind, geothermal, and, and whatnot. Uh, could you just clarify that real quick for everybody? Well, let's, I mean, it seems like we're gonna have a chance to get into it with Ryan, right? So okay, I, yeah. Well, let's just, I'll just okay. put all 
not a problem. I'll pop back in. Does he say okay. he at, at 7 p.m. Eastern or? You know what? Uh, let's let's shoot. He's saying six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll, 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 say, we'll say six. That's fine. Say six fifty, and we'll call it. Yeah. We'll call it square. <laughs> so silly. I'll see you guys. Right. I'll, I'll just right. see Thanks, you Michael. Thanks, Michael. Bye, brother. Bye. Appreciate it. Well, this is what happens. This is what happens when you work with, you know, when you get big name people that have family priorities and such stuff. Yeah. It happens. So we'll get um, Michael and Ryan Grimm on at the same time shortly. And I'm sure, what is it you want to chit chat about? Can we talk about Al Franken? Because <laughs> way to go out. First of all, he never should have been out of his seat. I'm yeah. sorry. I never agreed Aren't with that. Aren't you happier with Amy Klobuchar being in the U.S. Senate? I, always, I mean, I know I am. I always thought that the, the thing with Al Franken was ridiculous. And now, especially in light of things like Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby, I think we can all safely agree that Al Franken making dirty jokes, even sexually dirty jokes, uh, he's a comedian. Like, that is just so not... It, it wasn't it. It was jokes. It was it was yeah. he was making it wasn't he didn't do anything. Right. Listen, there's a lot of things right. about Al Franken that I don't like. I think that he is I think he tries to portray himself as being a progressive and, a, and an outsider. In reality, he's a more moderate company man. And now, does he generally vote favorably on on policy? Yes, he's not. He doesn't anymore. He's not a bad. He, he was not a bad politician. No, we were infinitely better off. He was not. 100%. He was not a net negative. He was. He was not the problem. No, but- if anything, I would say he was a net positive. Now, of course, he did not come out for Bernie. He actually was very much in Hillary's camp for the most part. He tried to tepidly suggest that you know he was being neutral about it. But the truth is, if you're not actually standing up for a fair and open primary, which of course we didn't have in 2016. Um, he shot a lot of his political capital away because people looked at him as somebody who truly cared about the people. And I'm not saying that I he didn't. still like him. And I still don't think that the whole hoopla was worth him giving up his seat. Like that to me was always ridiculous. But no, I think he definitely. And listen, maybe that's the real difference between the left and the right is that the left does tend often to cave to the mob. They care about feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't they care really about that. do go along uh, with that, which they more or less think is, okay, well, this is what I'm going to use more or less to define myself is I'm going to step away because it's the right thing to do. But don't think for a second, ladies and gentlemen, that despite everything that has happened regarding women speaking up for the things that they've gone through over the years, the mistreatment that they have had to deal with, I don't doubt for one second that a lot of that almost overwhelmingly is true, but don't think for a second that there were not opportunistic people who saw the opportunity to kneecap some people so they could get ahead. Right. So, okay. But the point I was making was that if you guys haven't seen it, Al Franken was on CNN. So are you going to, I mean, I feel like if you play it, that it's just so friggin' funny. Yeah. But he was on CNN to, I don't know, some blonde drone. I don't know who is that. I think her name is Alice Stewart. And that is the, um, that is, that is the person who is on there. Uh, just like you said, just a Republican drone who came on. Because to- CNN now is going to the right, apparently, because that was what we needed. So they apparently have this person who thinks that there's two sides to this story. And this is really great. I got to say, like, this is definitely a, a good you guys got to appreciate this. If you yeah, haven't seen if it. If anybody. And again, um, we are not one to really. um we're not going to laud CNN for anything. No. And we sure as heck don't want to have anything to do with Jim Acosta. But this was a great segment. And it oh, was exactly a great segment. And, and, and it is a great segment 
purely because Al Franken never took his foot off the gas pedal. No. He just kept going. Great. And he basically made a person, and, and very often, and you don't often see this, where they will allow for a banter to go back and forth. But right. Al basically pushed her so far to the corner that she didn't know how to talk. Okay, so as a preface to this, what they are talking about was a statement that Kamala Harris made saying that there that there is this sort of appearance of a delegitimization of the court. Okay, Kamala Harris was, was basically saying that. And they are going to argue about what was the actual cause. And then Justice Roberts said that she just says that because she doesn't like the opinion. And no, that's not why the court's delegitimate. And Al Franken is going to tell us why, why this court is not legitimate. The legitimacy of the court was undermined when they wouldn't take up Merrick Garland. And you'll remember that McConnell said it was because it was during election year. And you remember Lindsey Graham pledging that if a vacancy came uh, came open during election year in uh, 20, that he wouldn't vote for, um, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't take up a nominee. They've stolen two seats. The one that Merrick Garland uh, wasn't given a hearing for and the one that Coney Barrett was, uh, where she was seated a week before the election. That destroyed the legitimacy of the court. Alice, what do you think? Did, did Chief Justice Roberts sort of, I mean, he sort of uh, ignored some of what Al is talking about there and that there is I mean, a, 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 a tremendous amount of controversy Look, uh, as to how this court got tilted in the direction of the far right. Just to, to throw a little accuracy in, in some of what, what Al said there. Look, the, the Merrick Garland was held up because we had a divided government. We had a Democrat in the White House and we had Republicans in control of- That's not, of what, the, the, that's of, not of, what McConnell but, said. But, but that's the way historically this has been when you're in close to an election no, year and you no, have divided government. That's not the yes, way it's been yes, historically done. Yes, and when, when you have divided government, there typically is a inclination to- Tell me uh, when this to, happened w before. When you, when Tell me when close it happened before. When you're- well, Merrick Garland uh, is certainly one. When there's a divided government, no, before they're Merrick forward. Garland, they're, they're moving. They're not moving forward. When Tell me a when this government. happened before. Uh, Al, I'm telling you, this is what the uh, Mitch McConnell Tell me when said. it happened before. I, I, I can't. You said this give is you what happened historically. Tell me when it happened before. Look, this is the way that the Republicans when? Uh, went, went. Like I can't give you an exact example of when this happened no, in the because, past. You know but why I you can't? You, because it hadn't happened before. Look, the basis for not appointing him was because of that specific reason. But moving no, forward- No, it wasn't. And, and McConnell explicitly said that it was the, quote, Biden rule. And he quoted a little piece of a, of a speech that Biden had given in June of 80. And he, Biden said they wouldn't take up if they weren't consulted and if- and this was about someone resigning in June after a term of the court, which is very different than someone dying. Scalia died in, in February. And you saw, you guys, if you can find the tape, you can find uh, Lindsey Graham saying, I, I, keep the tape. We will not take up a judge if, if someone dies, a, a, a nominee, if someone dies in election year in the next in the next election. This is total hypocrisy. And you actually, I, I'm surprised 
that you're claiming this and you can't come up with an example because there is none. But, but the, to, to get back to the point of, of the conversation here. No, Kam- Harris, this is the point. No, look, I'm not. And we're back. Yeah, this is really, uh, again, you have to box people into a corner. You know, that to me is an example of a person who just doesn't know what to say. And that very often is what non-corporate candidates and progressives need to do when they're dealing with somebody who's corporate, whether it's Republican or Democrat. Just basically box them into a corner. Don't be friendly. You know, don't be like the senator from Vermont who say, "Did you, Miss Senator Graham? Do you want to?" No, he let her have it. He he kept he kept cutting her cutting her off because she was just completely making things up. It's just not true. It never happened until it happened with Merrick Garland. That was the first time it happened, and yeah, that was a stolen seat. And you know, it wasn't like Obama and the Democrats really put up a fight either. So you know, that and was this is going to be like, in a lot of ways. It's going to be McConnell's legacy because this is what Mitch McConnell's been fighting for since you know forever. He, he's been in the U.S. Senate, and you know, again. When, when you look at somebody like Mitch McConnell, when you look at somebody who looks like him, who talks like him, who acts like him, a person who probably has a lot of resentment towards the world, if he figured out a way how to screw over a large portion of society, especially women, <clears throat> he was going to do it. And why not? Um, you know, you never responded to the text I sent you the other day. So, guys, let me know what you think. Lindsey Graham, is he more Elmer Fudd or Porky Pig? I can't quite decide. Um, I, I can't quite decide. I was just watching him talk the other day and I, and I was like looking at those kids and I'm like, well, it's either I, Elmer or Porky. If I had to decide whether I was Elmer Fudd or Porky Pig, I was definitely more of a Porky because I am from South Carolina and I like my pork. So I would say Porky, porky Pig, Pig is much more likely for Lindsey Graham. But I All right, decided yeah. that I uh, was going to destroy the country <laughs> through the car. You really do make him sound like the emperor. Yeah, but it's true. I mean, the this is all emperor. This is all the legacy of McConnell, and you know they decided that we're, we're going to control the courts. That's what they decided. But to say that the reason that Kamala was quite like to say that the reason people are questioning its legitimacy isn't because we. Do- don't agree with the opinion. And it isn't because it's necessarily a bad opinion, because the truth is, again, Roe v. Wade had issues and, you know, you could make constitutional arguments. But let's be clear, this is not that. And you know what? What's always so interesting is the amount of um, people that say, well, you just want to leave it up to the states. Well, we're going to see where you all fall when they want to put in a federal ban. We're going to see where you all stand on. Let the states decide that when they want to put in a federal ban. So if it's not the government, if it's not the federal government's purpose. So you think there's going to be a situation where uh, the Supreme Court is going to try to circumvent the state rulings of being able to have a woman's right to choose? No, I think that uh, people like Mitch McConnell and. And pushing through legislation that will essentially be a federal abortion ban. You don't need to. It's like they can put through that legislation. And while it may or may not be constitutional, by the time it does or does not get figured out, a lot of people could be really hurt in the process. And then again, you have a stacked court that would likely find that perfectly fine. Well, then the question becomes, if the 
They just, they always say they want to leave it to the states. Yeah, but right now the Republicans do not look like they're going to take over the Senate. And so if McConnell doesn't get back into power, obviously that would be a great thing. But let's just say hypothetically that he does. Could you see a circumstance where McConnell would actually suspend the filibuster in order to get through a piece of legislation like this? Yes. They, that's the, that's the thing about specifically what we're talking about, where you see people like um, saying that, oh, well, it was okay to do it when, when it worked for us. And, and now it's, this is the rules. And, and they use the rules when they're convenient. Let's be real. This is ridiculous. So it worked for, um, they held off on Merrick Garland, but they were able to shove through Amy Coney Island like overnight. And it, it's the same, it's the same thing. So it's when it works for them. And the Democrats just sit there with their thumbs up the asses and go, duh, the parliamentarian. I don't know. So they, they don't really do anything about it. So again, like I said, I think all of it just gets back to corporate special interests. That is exactly what they are fighting on behalf of. And again, uh, normally I would say that it would be status quo as always, but when you allow the Christian right to have as much say in our daily lives as the conservative uh, side of politics is allowed, and again, it's all about winning elections, but now it's like margin calls. Okay, was the intention always to do this? And is it really just a question of how powerful the evangelical lobby really is in the United States? Well, depending on which sort of long-term campaign you're talking about, they go back as far as like to right after the New Deal. And then you have like the sort of Nixon after that, where really having the for-profit insurance and also getting um, going anti-cannabis. So then you've got that whole thing going there. But the entire like concept of the right to take over the courts that's been happening for decades now. It's been happening for a really long time. And unfortunately, the MIC resistance of the Democrats has not really done anything to stop it. That's the problem. They've kind of like rolled over and played dead, right? Like Obama with Merrick Garland. Yeah, but, rolled over and but don't dead. worry, Obama was invited to the, the, the breakfast club at Harvard University to dine in with the men's basketball boosters and stuff like that. Well, he did go there. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's important stuff, you know. It's, it's gossip, but it's important. You know, because that's what really drives us, knowing exactly what... It's not good. No. It's not good. It's not. So... But president, former President Trump, was in Washington, D.C., and apparently the reason they believe he was in Washington, D.C. is that he might have a serious health problem. <laughs> well, you know... Is it I called mean, lawsuititis? No, apparently he really may have a health problem. And maybe this is his way out. Well, that is his only way out is death. I mean, at some point you, at some point you sort of got to pay the piper. And I don't think that I'm totally not paying anything. I don't know what the investigation is about, whether or not it's related to January 6th, whether or not it's related to the fraudulent stuff, like why they're, you know, with Steve Bannon. And I don't know what's going on with that, but think- regardless, it's, it's just, Yeah. I think that their biggest fear is that so Trump knows so many secrets and he can reveal them at any time. Just basically blurt it out. You know, That's how you it. get Arkansas. Yeah, but you know what? Although the queen is gone, so you can't get off with your headed. But what is also true is that he may, you know, again, it's like the whole thing about hiding these uh, documents that they had to get back. You know, it's possible he may have untold amounts of documents that knows all the dirty little secrets about this country and every little thing that we've been involved in for so long. Did and anyone ever think that maybe Epstein's just on his island? They didn't bother to check? I don't know. 
I'm just saying. Has anybody checked Epstein's Island? Yeah. Just saying. Trump might have to leave the U.S. Well, and that's that would be an option for him. That's probably a place that has no extradition. Well, that is... Uh, yeah, but I don't know if he could ever be away. I mean, he's just kind of one of those guys that you could see like being walled up in his compound and he would never want to leave the country <laughs> kind of situation. They're going to literally have to drag him out. But again, uh, I think that there's really something to be said for this idea that he's cultivated so much support from so many people who just are so tired of the status quo. They're so tired of the establishment. And he holds so many cards in his hand in terms of what he would want to do with that information if he ever wanted to reveal it to the American people. I mean, to me... I think that's a big thing. I, I do. I think that the whole thing is insane. Like we're sitting here and talking about somebody who was impeached twice, who's had thousands of lawsuits against him. Thousands. It's um, just a witch hunt. And he, honestly, if it was just like the big name people coming after him, I would almost go for that. I'd believe that. But when he's screwing over like contractors and subcontractors and like these small mom and pop businesses in New Jersey that were working on his casino and he didn't pay the painters and he's, he has ruined people's lives from not paying them for big contracts. There are people that had to file bankruptcy and go out of business. Like he's ruined people's life. And I don't mean like big other, you know, other plutocrat people, that would be fun to watch. But like, I'm like regular people. And yeah. he's disgusting. He is the most dishonorable person in business. And so the idea that people and for, I don't even care about the all the other stuff that they're talking about. He's just he's disgusting. He's a disgusting person. So yeah, I think that, you know, which is unfortunate, because you're also looking at it from the perspective of a lot of people look at Trump as somebody who, you know, is a savior or is going to help them. And, you know, he knows exactly what to say. He knows exactly what buttons to push. Probably another 20 minutes now. Ryan was running late. So Michael was on and he's going to come back so we can do it. That's what we're doing. So, yeah. So I think uh, what we can talk about is what happened yesterday. What happened yesterday? Was, yesterday was a great. Well, actually, are you whole, going to your sports? Games? Well, the whole weekend was really great. Uh, my alma mater, Rutgers University, is two Rutgers? and two and zero oh in, in college football. We crushed Wagner. Of course, that was to be expected, but we crushed them by like sixty points. So we're we're, we're, we're not going to become a sports show. Like we're not going to have the weekly sports round. Oh no, we definitely are. <laughs> if I have anything to say about it, anyway. <laughs> by the way, I may be making like a sub channel to the channel, um, doing like uh, like real estate talk. Well, you could do that on this channel and have another show. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, That's what you I'm could saying. use this channel yeah. and have a show, but you want to have sports talk but on yesterday, Gen Change? Yeah, but yesterday was a really great day for any of you sports fans out there. I am a New York Giants fan. Jen is a Miami Dolphins fan. It was a great day for both of our respective fans. I don't even know who our coach or quarterback are. No idea. Tua Tonga Loan. Okay. You don't know that? No. No. I forgot your coach's name. He's a new guy. Yeah. Uh, that, that We've had as many coaches in as many years. We've had, I think, 15 coaches. And so it's, it's, it's absurd. And then people wonder why we can't win. You cannot win with coach turnover like that. That cannot happen. It takes a while to build a team. There's a reason that the best coaches have teams for long periods of time. You build a team. You can't have constant turnover and have any sort of progress. So Carlos Alcatraz, what a last name. Won his first Grand Slam at the U.S. Open yesterday. That's very interesting to know. Uh, I 
honestly can't say that I watch tennis. Te- I, I was going to say, is that tennis or golf? Yeah, I can't watch. It's not that I don't watch or I wouldn't watch tennis. I'm surprised it's, you're not watching the pickleball that's on. I get picked. There's like oh, pickleball. There's pickleball there it, well, with the amount of channels there are now. Yes. If you go into deep into the sports channels, Mallory, you could be watching like pickleball. There's like serious championship pickleball happening on there. Okay. So I got a message from Ryan saying that he'll get with us in like 10 minutes and we'll let us know what the deal is. This is what happens when you deal with like bigger name people. Uh, it's the people no, that have less stuff. No, yeah, the it's people that have do, less it has stuff. Nothing to do, no, it has nothing to do with that at all. So don't say <laughs> No, that. it's okay. No, and I like Ryan. He's never done that. He's very, very good to us. He would not do that at all. No, he's a good Somebody guy. else would, you know, won't name any names, but yeah, there are people out there that'll do that. I know. It's I mean, a turn off. Not a good, not, not, or I will one never person do once that said, you're not big enough for me to come on. No, no, no. He said he I'm not going to give this person credence, but he said that he thinks it would be irresponsible, irresponsible of him to come on our show in lieu of a bigger platform, even though you could schedule us around that, but whatever. And that it would be irresponsible of him because his message is far too great and mighty for our little channel. So he never came on. And you know what? I'm glad I didn't read the book. Cause you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm kind of annoyed that I even downloaded it, but I downloaded it, but then this all happened. So, well, the good news is we are going to be getting our first business sponsor. Okay. Got a confirmation. As a matter of fact, I will, that's something we could discuss right now before we find out okay. the inevitable as to whether or not we're actually going to even have a show tonight, which hopefully will be the case, but you never know. Uh, all right. So, so let's see. as you guys know, we have a Patreon and we definitely could yep. use subscribers. It's what helps the most. And, you know, we don't, the stuff from like Super Chats and from the ads on Google is just really insignificant in terms of like, they take so much of that, but, um, and we're also not big enough where that helps us. Okay. So we are going to get our first official business sponsorship of the show. And what we will do is we will every show acknowledge that sans sponsorship. And it's $50 a month and you will get a plug every show. Yeah. We will even put up your website so people can go there, check you out, find out exactly what you're all about. And we will also make sure that any of our sponsors will not have to be worrying about whether they are going to have crossover issues. You will have a specific category, whatever your business is. You will not have to worry about any particular yeah, competition. No, and, it'll be, so. and we're, we're like, if, especially with like our small local friends, we're kind of going to be a first come, first serve situation. Yeah. That. So if you care enough to sponsor yeah. our little podcast. And we do a lot to promote small business. But so as there is now on our Patreon, there is a $50 small business sponsor um, tier. And that's what Peter's talking about. So feel free to do that. And yeah, and we're going to help simultaneously promote small business. And yeah, and raise a few bucks. Yeah, it is unfortunate that our small business guest has decided that uh, she can't make it this evening. Um, But we are going to start having small business people coming on. And we're going to talk about bigger issues. We're not just going to come on and just talk about their business. What are the biggest issues that are facing a small business owner regarding taxes, regarding growth? A lot of things that people don't really understand. Oh, yeah. If you're not a small business owner, it's a little bit more difficult to understand. It's that. very difficult. So, so we're going to talk about issues with them. We're not just going to, you know, have people on to say, hey, come to my business. But yeah, we're going to start doing that. Similar to how we um, talk about labor. It's it's sort of in the same vein. Like we, we, we used to call it the uplifting labor. I used to be much more into my little logos and stuff than I am now. We used to have so many more graphic things. 
I, yeah, I, I haven't been as into it lately, but so yeah, we're going to be having that. So if anybody who is local, if you have a small business and you want us to promote you, be a $50 a month patron sponsor mm-hmm. and you will get promoted from us. Please email generationalchange at gmail if you have questions. Yeah, of course. So if you are not currently a patron, we would recommend you go to patreon.com forward slash generational change for as little as $5 a month, you know, like the subway commercial, $5 foot long. Uh, you can become a supporter of our channel and we are transforming politics into service. What are we doing on Saturday, Jen? So Saturday we are hosting. Sponsoring. Well, sponsoring, but yeah, well, okay. We say hosting. Yes. Sponsoring a meet and greet. And this is for mayoral candidate for plantation. This is for Nick Sortle. And we're going to be hosting this at Jacaranda Italian restaurant. We have to take the thing off. Guys, it's the Jacaranda Italian restaurant. It's a very strange name for like a local pizza place, but it's on Broward Boulevard. It is just east of Pine Island. So Jacaranda is a very popular community. Well, it's a tree. Oh, well, what do I I've, I've taught you this before. You just Jacaranda is a tree. Jacaranda is okay. a tree. So it doesn't matter. So this on Saturday, guys, from one to three, come and meet Nick. We really want some help people volunteering to help us canvas. We have an opportunity in a local race to make a real difference. When you're talking about canvassing just for a city council or a mayoral race, you are not talking about that much ground to cover. I mean, like for us, this is almost like just like a weekend. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it's, it's a small size. You have an opportunity to make a big difference and we have an opportunity here. And for anybody who would be or want to be supportive of me running again, this is part of that equation for us. So we're, if you think of it as like a chess game, this is the best thing for us to do right now as far as our local political scene. So come out, support on Saturday if you can, and there will be a lot of pizza. Yes. And, and if you don't come, then I'm going to have to go home with a lot of pizza. Yeah, well, isn't that generally what ends up happening? But, uh, and Mal, you, Mal you better be there. I yes. sent you the message. Mallory. And the same goes for anybody else who happens to be in plantation. I think Teresa might come. We'll okay. see. Maybe she'll bring Kevin. I've in. sent out to all my Pilates ladies too. Ah, they all plantation people? Well, a lot because that's where we are now. I mean, that's where the studio is. So. Yes, yeah, so it'll be from 1 to 3 p.m. Those are the hours that we will be there. But yeah, come so. out. Come in. I also invited Robert Milby. Um, and he actually is um, volunteering somewhere that day, but he said to definitely keep him in the loop. He definitely wants to meet us. And if people don't know, Robert Milwey was Debbie Wasserman Schultz's challenger in the August primary. And he had reached out to me. Nice enough guy. Haven't met him face to face yet. Um, but yeah, we're building a very big coalition of people. The bigger, the better. And the more it's the same thing as the people that are getting sort of shut out from the establishment that are looking at it now being like, uh, it's not so good to me, including people like Nick, um, uh, people like Barbara Sharif, who are realizing that, yeah, this isn't so good. And I think that that's it's like a sign of a changing tide. Yeah. That's and what I, I would think. also say. Uh, well, yeah, it is a changing tide, but there's also the possibility that a friend who we will not mention um, may be running for a big office again locally uh, because that person is really fed up with what the establishment has done. And that's kind of how it happens. You know, sometimes when you end up making a stand, even if it doesn't end up being successful the first time around, it ends up inspiring a lot of other people because eventually they catch on to what's really going on, which is 
Yeah, you know, we keep hearing that we're never able to get anything done. We're never able to be successful, whether it's locally in Tallahassee and Capitol Hill. And then eventually enough people start to wake up and realize, oh, yeah, it's done on purpose. Well, and I also think that the more people that catch on to this, that connect with each other, makes it what's possible. Like, so, for example, last election season, I wasn't friendly with Nick. Like, I I mean, I knew him. He was a nice guy, but I wouldn't have necessarily like said, oh, I'm going to campaign for you. But then things like you get to know people, you get to know the political environment, you get to know who's who. And there's just certain people that really sit to serve themselves and sit at the pleasure of people like Debbie. And those are the kinds of people that are in power positions that we would rather not have. And so one of those said people is the mayor right now of Plantation. So, um, yeah. And the other two people I'd like to say that we're supporting this season are Ruth Carter Lynch and Rod Velez, both for school board. So I think those are our three main local races, right? Stephen Julian. Stephen Julian, but I think his is like... I mean, he's got so much support behind him. And And interestingly (laughs) enough, all the races that we are supporting are nonpartisan races, which is how most people kind of would like to have politics less about the party and more about the policy. So in any event, that is where some of the Gen Corps money goes. It goes towards um, non-corporate candidates for races and it goes towards community service. It goes to those things. Yeah. Um, we don't give to partisan candidates unless they are completely non-corporate. So that's really our barometer. I'd say that that's a pretty good barometer. Yeah. And more people should obviously follow that. Uh, no, don't no, worry no, about no. Paul. We're running late. We're running late. Well, Paul. we're not running late. No, we're no, no. Not. no, we're not running late. We've been here the whole time. We came early. Ryan Graham is held up with doing some family stuff. He should be with us shortly. Michael Schellenberger was on. He's coming back so we can get this going. All Apparently right, so there was like a tiff. So it's not going to happen. He's bailing and Uh-oh. we're going to have to reschedule. Um, <clears throat> there you go. You're watching we, it live time. When should we try? I guess is the question. Uh, I don't know. But we can't do Wednesday. We Wednesday went so early because of him. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that happens. So sorry to disappoint, guys. This is what happens sometimes. But um, Ryan Grimm had to just cancel. Yeah. He's got something going on. Um, but let's, I mean, look, we can have a really good discussion with Michael. Or do you want to reschedule the whole thing? I think Michael really wants to come on and talk to Ryan. Okay. That's, that's okay. his main. That's his, uh, main uh, well, well, because goal. he knows that I did about these things. <clears throat> so basically, we will at some point be having, a, you, I mean, I don't, is it a debate? I guess it's a debate. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently there was an interaction online between Michael Schellenberger and um, Ryan Graham regarding use of nuclear. Right. It's always about nuclear. And, you know, we want to hash that out. No, I'd like we're to fr- hash that we're, out. We're, we're friendly with with Ryan. Let's give him his just due. I understand he's he, not everybody. Mallory, he he actually gave me coverage when I was running. Yeah. He was one of the like bigger name people that went out of his way to give me coverage. Yeah. So I and so I'm you know, and he's. The- been People on our show it. and he doesn't, he hasn't big leagued us before. So this is, he's got something going on. And he has also had me on Rising um, a couple of times as well. So Ryan is, he's a friend. Yeah. You're not going to get it. Prof- I mean, in a professional sense, yeah. not personally, but yeah. Yeah. And that's what you need. <laughs> yeah. When I say he's a friend, I mean, of the business. Well, again, it's like with Tim Poole. It's You know, Right. Or they think that they're too good, I guess you would say. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? And and 
as I'm always saying, as long, my message never changes. I'll go on any platform with the message. I, I don't care. You know, I just don't read the comments because <laughs> they're usually very, they're usually range from calling me like communist Karen, commie Karen, whatever, um, which is which is interesting to me. But we've got some really good shows coming up and I'm actually working on putting together something that I'm calling deconstructing Zionism. And it's going to be a pretty big thing. I'm, I'm going to gather as many good voices on that as I can. So what do you want? I think you're going to tell him. No. Well, we didn't even get a chance to. Uh, Michael, if you're hearing if you're hearing this, Ryan has bailed. Now, maybe he's just afraid to debate you. I highly doubt that <laughs> I that's don't the think case. so. Uh, but we're going to try to get this thing rescheduled as soon as possible. Uh, we already sent him a message going to see about uh, possibly doing something. Um, if you're able and again, Michael's on West Coast time. Yes. So this is something that Ryan also has to understand in terms of his flexibility and making it as convenient as possible. But if you are, you know, we've done afternoon podcasts before, and I'm wondering, um, you know, if we were to do something at like noon, like, would you be, if you can nod your head, yes or no, if you're able to do uh, what would be like 9am your time, which would be noon or even 1pm too early, too early. All right. Uh, here's what we'll do. We're we'll, going we'll to yeah, we're gonna have to figure this out because, you know, Ryan's going to, Ryan owes you one and we're going to get this thing figured out as soon as possible, uh, hopefully this week and definitely uh, get it. So and we'll, that we'll do it even if yeah. it's not our show time. Oh, yeah. I could do, like, I could do as early as 7 a.m. Pacific. Uh, he's got a fair, he's, it, it, I'm not going to say specifically, but it's a family thing. It's not business or he didn't want to come on or anything like that. Okay. Legitimately, like his wife is sick. So I'm not going to. He's got young kids and his wife is sick. That's what it's. Yeah. Like, so. so ultimately, I think if you can do early, I'm going to message him and would either Tuesday or Thursday uh, potentially work for you schedule wise is either day uh, preferential as far yeah, as. Yeah, we can work this goes. out. So. Yeah. Um, so what I was going to say uh, you're talking about the topic exploration regarding Mallory. I know you want to talk about the nuclear thing. That's what we're trying to figure out right, right. now. Mm -hmm. um, Michael's in the in the virtual green room. Yeah, and we're gonna schedule it. Okay. We'll have something. You got it. Yeah, and we'll schedule. Sorry about that, week. Mike. Yeah, it's this is the kind of thing that happens, and it's hard to coordinate people. But so I am working on doing a. a it's going to be more than one discussion. I want to do it similar how we've covered um, do Julian we wanna... Assange and we've done healthcare, where we've done it through, like with several different panels. And it, the, the, the overall topic is going to be deconstructing Zionism. Yeah. And one of the panels is very specifically going to be ad addressing APAC. And it's basically going to be what I'm trying to configure is a group of what I'm going to call Jews against APAC. Uh, but you could also throw the MFI in there too. I mean, I, it doesn't need to be APAC specific, but well, just I appreciate in general. the fact that Michael is very understanding. And ironically, yeah. of all the times um, that I'm getting a message now from Ryan saying a Wednesday evening is free. Well, Wednesday <laughs> evening is already a stacked deck of a podcast like you guys can't imagine. So here's how it's going down on Wednesday. Okay. Right now we're scheduled to start at 8 p.m. Our first guest is going to be none other than Tom Hartman of the Tom Hartman program. And it is a new book and I am listening to it right now. And it's a hidden history book and his hidden history series. And it's the hidden history of neoliberalism in America, Ooh. which really piggybacks off of the book that we did with Left Behind with Lily Geismar. 
It's very similar concept anyway. Perfect. So Tom Hartman, 8 o'clock Wednesday. At 9 p.m., we are having on our good friend Max Alvarez, who's also Ooh. coming on with a couple members directly involved with the railroad strike. Nice. So since the railroad strike is supposed to commence on Friday, nice. we obviously have to have this conversation in advance, and that'll be at 9 p.m. And now I'm getting a message from Ryan, who says that Wednesday evening is free. I don't know how we could possibly do like a three-hour thon or something like that, unless that you think that's overkill. Uh, look, I've done longer. I mean, how long did we do? I mean, the Assange thing was probably like five hours. So, I mean, like I've gone longer than that. But we'll see. so we'll, we'll see what we can figure out, guys. And if it turns out to be part of our Wednesday show, it's part well, of Well, I think show. we definitely have enough leverage right now with Ryan where basically like if we say it's got to be at this time, he'll probably be like, all right, yeah. I guess. I, uh, yeah. So I'm excited to talk to Max Alvarez. For anybody who doesn't know, yes. Max is with The Real News. And it is actually the real news. It's, it is. It's, it's really good. So I like that we're going to be having on the, um, why am I having like a total brain fart? The railroad workers. Because I was thinking how we were talking about the Teamsters with UPS. That is coming up, guys. UPS is very looking at a serious strike and it is, it will be like shattering for our business to have a UPS shutdown, uh, for our the business of our economy, it will absolutely 100% affect everything. And just remember, ladies and gentlemen, and we all know the media is never- And I'm thinking good. The corporate media is never going to tell you about this. What a surprise. And you'll hear it from Max and, and the rest when they come on on Wednesday. It's going to be a mini panel. It might be three or four people. Can probably. you imagine if we had so, a railroad strike and a UPS strike simultaneously? Oh, that would be amazing. That's as close to a general strike situation as we're like- Well, a lot of you know what huge. other people should be getting on board. Hey, you want to strike up? Strike now. This is the opportunity. I, you have a complete lame duck president who is just going to try to put a, like I said, a bunch of band-aids on a gaping wound, never actually systemically dealing with the real problem. And let's not forget the only reason we are this close to an actual legitimate massive strike in this country is because the president is on the side of management, not labor. So let's not forget that. That's the only reason we're this close. But it is nice. Also, we did have a win. Um, the court did uphold the Amazon labor union um, vote that uh, I forget which district it is. It's got to be. Is it Southern District in New York? But I don't know. It's in New York. But whatever the court was, because um, Amazon, of course, appealed the election. Amazon, you know, Dr. Evil appealed it and the court shot them down. So um, that was very pleasing. So we're having a very good union week so far. It's good. Honestly, if the railroad and the UPS workers all strike at the same time, that would be amazing. Amazing. And apparently the Teamsters are sitting on a $300 million strike fund. So Ooh. they have the means for the UPS workers to strike. And that's what makes them so dangerous. And somebody was saying something, you know, anybody, Bo the fifth column, I love when, when he talks about this. He's so smart. But here's the thing. The reason that the UPS drivers are paid as well as they are is because they have a good union. That's why. That's the point. So people are like, I don't know why they're complaining when they're the highest paid. Uh, yeah, the reason they're the highest paid is because they have good union representation. And what they want isn't even money. They want air conditioning. That's the main thing is air conditioning. I mean, there might also be money, but air conditioning. But again, it goes to show the, the scorn that people have for labor in this country is amazing. Amazing. And these aren't even people that are sitting in that lofty a position in society anyway. But there really is something to be said for people who feel the need to look down on others. And that's a very common thing in our culture. 
It I'm, really is. I'm very excited about this. Yep. I'm very excited about this. We're having like, it, it's it's happening. Wednesday is going to be the main event. Wednesday will be a big thing. So sorry you we didn't be get here for that to our nuclear discussion this evening. I'm sorry, Mal, but it will happen. If not Wednesday, we'll figure out a time. And if you want to do it Wednesday, I'll do it Wednesday. But you're going to have to start, we'll have to start at 7. Or potentially what we could do on Wednesday, and I will talk to Ryan about this, is maybe it might make sense to do something in the afternoon uh, if that's what will work for his schedule and then come back later on. We have the pantry. Oh, right. And, yeah. it, and it's in West Hollywood. So I'm just, yeah, guys, the mobile school pantry is back. So we, and by we, it's usually Peter goes and sometimes I'm there. It just depends. But um, it's back to its regular distributions inside cafeterias at the elementary school. So it is no longer outdoors, which is. Don't have to suffer. It was brutal. And even if it, it was, was brutal when we were outside and, but you know, it what? wouldn't matter as much if this distribution was taking place in like, you know, October, November, when the weather gets a lot more reasonable. Uh, yeah. Every, yeah. Thanks Jordan. You're stealing all our yeah, thunder. I don't even know. Is it Jordan or that other, there's oh, another Jordan. guy because there's a guy who was doing something that was live. On status it. it was that guy who Jordan has. I forget his name. It wasn't George. Well, it, he might have been there at some point. No, it wasn't no. Colin. It's the new reporter guy oh. that he has. Well, anyway, uh, yeah. So you got Tina and Ron Pacone, who have a nice little thing going. Uh, uh, you know, Jordan obviously is writing his book and he's, uh, hmm. well, hmm. not like we can take off. Well, hey, listen, I've told you to just tell me what you need. It doesn't work that way. What yeah. I need is collaboration. I don't want to be in, in charge of it. I want to collaborate. That's <laughs> why I keep trying to engage you with it. Don't. I don't want to know right now. We'll talk about this after. Oh, no. Uh, um, yeah. That's too. Uh, done our, um, uh, yeah, that's yeah. not that's not cool. No, no. Yeah, I would agree. No, that's right. not cool. And right. it's like, does he not realize that we already were waiting and that Michael was here and that he left and that like, does he, I mean, we'll figure this out and it's not now. It's so rare for him to say, hey, I could come on really late just so that I can make it up to you. And no, I'd rather just do it another time. At this yeah, point. I would say that we've definitely, and look, we had our opportunity to wear our fancy jerseys today. Um, if, I don't think I've worn this in years. Well, it's good luck charm. Actually, no, this is bad luck because as it turns out, we didn't have a real show this evening. We had just us. I mean, we had a show, uh, and we had Michael. We on had for just a us. Yeah, just Jen. Just Jen. Does that sell? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's not like there aren't things that like to to talk about and do no, stuff, definitely. but we're just we got a good clip out of it about Al Franken. We'll, we'll get a good one. Well, that. That's how you think of it now is what we could get good clips. Yeah, why not? Got a bunch of clips. I got to get to you, so got to get working on that, guys. If you are so inclined to pitch in and you don't want to be a patron, then make sure you get over to Cash App, dollar sign Gen Change. And it doesn't matter what you want to give, you can give anything. And remember, it is to transform politics into service. Like I said, we have our meet and greet coming up for Nick Sorrell for Mayor of Plantation on Saturday. And there were plenty of other events coming up. I'm hopefully going to finally convince the Renewable, which is the composting group in Hollywood, to come to the, I mean, it's literally like 10 minutes away, to come to the West Hollywood Mobile School Pantry distribution on Wednesday. One of the things about all of these fruits and vegetables that our friend Z is able to bring in is that a lot of them, of course, not all of them are organic. Some of them are, and some of them are kind of squishy and can't be eaten. Right. So some of them ha would be rather than that going composted. into the garbage. You could probably get, you know, a couple of uh, 
you know, containers full. Yes, of that's true. Of food. Did you talk to Z about that? Because it's did. pretty smart. They haven't been able to connect. I've been. I've basically been doing it myself. You know, like a lot of things. Like everything. That I never get Peter always for. says that he has to do everything himself. Peter yeah. does everything. He's a one man show. Yeah. He does everything. You're just the talent. I'm just the talent. That's so ironic. I'm not that talented. <laughs> Speaking of my, my talent, um, I, I'm back doing my Wicked Gypsy designs. So that's what I've been working on. And your is event is building going to be up inventory. Up. I have to get enough inventory together. My application for the art show is like October 15th. And yeah, it's a small plantation art show. But um, I haven't done a you show move in on a few to bigger, years. Better things if it works out. Well, I haven't done a show in a few years. It's been a, it's been a while. So, and I'm trying to you know bulk up inventory. I'm sitting here looking at so much inventory, but it needs to be smaller inventory. I can't explain it. Well, we but anyway, we appreciate you guys. We will get this thing rescheduled uh, very very quickly. Uh, hopefully by you know, maybe Wednesday. Uh, Maybe Thursday. I don't know, uh, but I think we'll probably have a day off. We'll tomorrow. make it happen. We'll make it happen. And I'm sure Ryan is very apologetic, as you know, did not want to do it this way. Uh, John, unfortunately, Ryan could not make it. We are rescheduling, and we will get this right hopefully within the next couple of days. So appreciate you guys stopping by again. Sorry for letting anybody down. We big show Wednesday, guys. Big show Wednesday. One more time reminder. Head of the show, 8 p.m., it will be Tom Hartman leading us off, discussing his book, The Hidden History of Neoliberalism in America. And then at 9 p.m., we will be speaking with Max Alvarez and a handful of the leading organizers for the railroad strike that is coming up on Friday. So you're definitely going to want to be here on Wednesday evening. Good Labor Night. That a lot. And then, of course, we will get this debate rescheduled between Ryan Grimm and Michael Schoenberger. Yeah, we'll get it set up, guys. So thank you all. Really appreciate it. Sorry for the inconvenience. We will see you Wednesday. Bye, all. Thanks for watching. If you want to support our mission to transform politics into service, please like this video, subscribe, follow us on social media, and consider joining our Patreon, where you'll get early access to our interviews as well as other exclusive content. Links are in the description. Peace out.